Welcome to the NBA Hangout presented by Playbook Sports. I'm your host, Brandon. With me, as always, is Dave. Dave, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Midst of trade season, so that is always fun. We got another trade to break down involving your Raptors again. They seem to be the active guys this uh, trade deadline. It doesn't sound like they're they're done either. We also have once in a decade. Point. You know. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> Once in a decade, but you know they get them done. They get two done <laughs> to make up for lost time. Um, we have the the midseason awards to go through as we're halfway through the season. And if we have some extra time, maybe we'll talk about um, some discussion has been going on about what the face of the league looks like, so we can get into what we think about that. Um, so, how was your week this week with basketball? You got a new newish look team to look to to go and uh, view. How was that? Yeah. So, new look Raptors are. F- fun um they don't win a lot but they're fun um they make a little bit more sense they're kind of small right now they're missing their center they're missing uh potal there um kind of show that like whether it's potal or somebody else like that'll be a good addition getting a a proper big but weirdly enough (laughs) they kind of miss like Six foot nine guys. <laughs> they almost feel a bit small out of nowhere. Yeah, they, they gave up on Vision Six Nine, and it's like, oh, we kind of need some of those they guys. Have, they truly Back. gave up on it. They're just like yeah. anybody six nine is getting traded yeah, yeah, out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scotty's yeah. like, I'm six ten, guys. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear. I swear. Don't trade me. I'm here. Um, so let's start with that. Then let's start with the the Raptors, the new look Raptors. So here we have the trade that went down so we have the Raptors received Bruce Brown Kara Lewis from the Pelicans Jordan Noara two 2024 first round picks from the Pacers and a conditional 2026 first round pick from the Pacers um, and the Pacers get Pascal Siakam um, a future second and in addition the Raptors to make space had to waive Christian Colloquial who sounded like he's going through some pretty rough um health issues uh, at the moment yeah yeah i think it's the same thing that uh and this is me speculating i haven't looked into it too deeply but it sounds like it's the same thing that uh, chris bosh went yeah through at the end of his from career, from so. from what i read yes yeah, it's, it's something yeah. pretty pretty similar um to that situation which you know is, is scary on all ends because that effectively ended chris bosh's career so yeah christian's a young guy so like Everybody cross your fingers. Yeah, so hopefully he can have a, a healthy uh, comeback to the yeah. to the NBA at some point. Um, so how did you feel about the trade first and foremost? Um, I mean, like probably my first reaction was was a touch of disappointment because we got to, we got all jazzed up with like the the Knicks trade and getting like players back, and you could get mm. excited about something right away, right? Like <laughs> you're like, look shiny new toys right yeah. um whereas this one's draft picks led so it's like be excited about things in the future and right. based on the picks uh chances are like they might use one but they'll probably move them like teams you, you saw like a team like denver is in like their championship window so good cost controlled young players are like really nice so they they moved to get uh, a future first rounder to get into the first round i believe last year just to like make a player pick and just add to the bench and add to the process and everything so i think the raptors will probably move on from some of these picks i think uh, they could package package them for like a better yeah something like that uh 
you know, it's not the most enticing draft from what everybody says, but once draft time comes along, people will start falling in love. Like, yeah, everyone scouts will get scouts will get excited. Exactly. Um, so I I still think they'll be like useful, and that they like they probably you know mean more stuff's gonna happen, which is fun and exciting. And Bruce Brown is really cool. I'm like, he's a really cool (laughs) ball player. Like I get why everybody wants to like pick him up, even though he makes 22 million. They're like, yeah, it's kind (laughs) of worth it. Like, he's 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 rad. Really? Yeah. He's a good personality. He's, he's fun. He, um, he works hard. He seems to enjoy wherever he's playing at. He's that winning type of player that every like contender kind of needs any, any winning team kind of needs. Yeah. Um, Which bodes well, but also if he's not going to move on, because they don't have to trade in him. I mean, there's lots of speculation that they might, but he seems like a type of guy that can help curate a nice culture within the city, within the team itself. Like he doesn't feel like a guy that you have to move on for him, but probably will move on from, but it, it can go both ways with him. I think that's just fine. The, the other side is obviously like the Pacers side of it. And of this is, this is where it's really exciting for me. And this is where, like, I, I think that, like, I think fandom's, like, a really interesting thing. Because mm-hmm. I've seen people being like, oh, my God, the Raptors, they traded Pascal Siakam. They've done them dirty. Like, I'll never watch this team again. Like, I can't believe mm-hmm. this is what they've done to their championship team. Yada, yada, yada. And I, I just see it, like, and they're like, this. he was our guy. Like, how could they do this to us? I see it the other way. I'm like, Raptors weren't winning. They weren't going anywhere. Um, like, he gets to go chase more championships. He gets to go be in, like, an awesome situation for for Pascal Siakam. Like, the Pacers are such a good fit, and they're going to yeah. be so fun to watch, and he's going to be <clears throat> so fun to watch on it. Like, yeah. just because he's not a Raptor doesn't mean we – can't root for them. As you fans. can still like your guys. Yeah, yeah. As fans, you can still like your guy when they go other places. You can root for their growth in other places. You don't have to end your relationship with Pascal just because he's not on your team anymore. Like, no. Fandom and can have more nuance to that. Absolutely. And your team's different and interesting. And you can get excited for what it's doing. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd much rather be making moves like this with a losing record than just having like a team where you're like, on paper, this team should win a lot, and they lose a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. peculiar. You know, on the I'd much rather have direction. Finally, yeah. the team has direction, and it yeah. feels good, and it's exciting. In yeah, my I, opinion, I, as a fan, that's how I approach fandom. No, and I think that's that's a a healthy way to to approach it. Right? <laughs> it's like there's you can Thank be you there's a lot of different <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of ways there's a lot of ways you can look at it. But I think that's a that's a a healthy way to do it. On the Pacers front, I do like the fit. Like it's been a little oh, shaky to start. Oh um, well, like, but like we, we but it's gonna be played one game, and I think he rushed himself back just because he wanted to yeah, play with Pascal. Just he wanted to see what it was like, right? Yeah. And I and I think like once they get their footing under each other, they'll be they'll be just fine. I think it's a near perfect fit for Indiana. Like. They're a fast team. Pascal can play fast. But what Pascal can do, too, he can slow it down and be your ISO player when you need to when things slow down in the playoffs. Because I think that's where they would have struggled when it came down to it is like when the game slows up, when switching starts to happen more often and you need to take advantage more so on isolations and and, and plays such as that. Um, Pascal's a great guy to have in those situations. And he's experienced oh, yeah. in doing that in a championship environment. So it's not like he would be too outclassed. And on the defensive end, like... 
I think he said he mentioned somewhere that Miles Turner was one of the one of the guys that he would love to play with, and I think yes. specifically on the defensive end, it's a guy that it really fits with him nicely. So as they get to like mesh and you know get to know each other and and see what it's like on the court, I think on that end too, it could be really beneficial to a team who struggled mightily on the defensive end. Um, Plus, and who's to, your to point, say who's to say the Pacers are done? Like, I, I truly believe yeah. they can like add one more player to this, um, and they can they can go from like all angles. They can just get like a role player, or they can go out and get like another almost all star, probably right. Yeah, and they, and afford think, it. Yeah, I think they're able to do something similar to that. They they there was a report out there that they are willing to move like Obi Toppin. Um, yeah. and one of their other one of their other role players there. But basically they have a log jam at forward now because they they brought in <laughs> Pascal, which was kind of my critique about the Raptors trade in general is that they didn't get one of these forwards back from the Pacers in that deal. I would have personally would have probably preferred to take one of those guys, like even a Jalen Smith, if they weren't gonna move. It seems like they're tied to Jairus Walker, that's their guy. Yeah. Um but if you weren't gonna get him, then maybe a Jalen Smith or or um, Obi Toppin, one of the two there, would have been a nice return for the Raptors instead of because those picks to me weren't the the twenty twenty four picks in particular. They're going to be like later, like in around the twenties, are probably going to pan yeah. out to be. Um, so they're not like amazing picks, but I thought they could have done better with getting a younger player. But hey, like you traded, you waited a year to trade Pascal. Um, you got him a year later. It's, to even get this type of um, deal in the first place is. It's great. So um, you kind of you kind of go with it. And to your point about like the vibes of just knowing that the direction is coming, I was at the Miami game. Unfortunately, I was, I was <laughs> night of. Right, yeah, yeah, I was right there. So I was there right right after Pascal got traded, and you could just tell like the team just played with a kind of spirit that just like felt of relief. Like they felt like it felt like they um, felt a little free of the burden of all the stuff that was the trauma of the past couple years of having these guys who won the championship still kind of having their presence around. It felt like once Pascal was gone that they, they could fully breathe new life into this new build that they're going to go into in the Scotty Barnes um, era. Or maybe RJ Barrett, I don't know, kind of looked like RJ <laughs> wanted to take control of that team. So um, whatever era they're going into now, it felt like you, you finally got true direction into that. I, I just I want RJ Barrett to like sell a series of T-shirts that just say negative asset value. Um, <laughs> you know, like he's been unbelievable since coming over. And at the time of the trade, when people were like, he's borderline a negative asset, you'd be like, you know what? Like you can see both sides. Of I, I can see the argument. I'm going to I'm going to hope. Right, I'm gonna hope on the on the mapley Canuckly goodness of being a Canadian. Right, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's really worked out. And I just like with RJ, I, we were talking about it. Like, I kind of feel like it might have happened anywhere. Um, I just feel like I just don't know if he was a perfect fit for New York. I think he was a true professional, and he would never yeah. admit to like not being a good fit. And he would do everything he could to help the team. But like, I just think, I think he, he just plays better in a, in an offense with a lot more movement. Yeah, I think so too. Like kind of, that's kind of the thing I've wanted to see from him from Duke. Like even when he was on Duke, he was playing next to Zion. He was playing next to, um, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish, Reddish, yeah. 
pretty pretty ball dominant as well. Well, Cam played well off ball, but he was still like he demanded the ball at times as well. And I felt like he never really got the chance to play around too many too much shooting. Um, I think now with this new look of the Raptors team, they're going to try and build upon that a little more. It looks like they want to play with a little more shooting. They want to have more offensive-minded players. I think for a guy like RJ, because he is at times can be like a pretty willing and good passer because he can get into the paint and, he, and he's tall enough, big enough to see over defenders and and kick the ball out all, all over the place when that is in his mindset. I think surrounding him against, surrounding him around more shooters um, and just having that for him will open up, opens up his game in ways that we never really got to see. New York was a little bit more crowded. Um it was kind of nice to see. Like again, I saw it firsthand, and then it was it hurt a bit, but it also <laughs> didn't because it, it looked it looked much better there. But they haven't they haven't been putting together wins as yet um, with it. But I think as the team grows, they don't have a big as yet as you mentioned. So once they can get um, some of those guys, um, it, it can look a lot better in the future. At least as we said, it, it has direction to it now. Yeah, and they should continue to be active during the trade deadline. So we'll continue to. Uh to monitor or everybody yeah. with Raptors talk. <laughs> I know they seem to be the talk this year, which yeah. is crazy. Um, it's it's wild. I, I don't not need to do this as a Raptors fan. Like like when we started this, I was like, I don't really like. I don't. I don't want to talk about the Raptors too much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Like we very much didn't want to talk much about the the Raptors or the Heat too much because we know that's our our bias is going to kind of show. But this year we said if there's going to be storylines that revolve around them, it's, it's hard to avoid it, and they're a big one to 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 keep on. On, to keep on note, and with yeah. that, they wanted to. Um, they said Messiah said they're not done making moves. So, um, what what other moves do you see them kind of making now? Since that's still on the table, um, I think I think if anybody's willing to go for like Trent or or Schroeder or really kind of like any of the any of the role players, like they're all up for grabs. Bruce Brown is up for grabs. Um, you know. Potal's like the weird one because they know they need a center. So unless they can acquire a, a, a better one or one that fits with them in a better way, because, you know, it's hard to say better or worse, but um, I think they'll hold on to him. But if they do find somebody that they like and they think can work longer term, I think they would they would move move Jakob as well. And I think I think a lot of it's very much in play. Um, I think... Barnes, Barrett, and Quickly are probably going to stay, though. Yeah, I think that's your core right there. Yeah. I think that's a fair core to, to work with. I'm, I'm happy for for IQ. I think he's getting, again, a real chance to really show what he can do as a starter and and stuff like that. Um, I think that's good on, on the Pascal Indy stuff. So moving on to the, the midseason awards. That's we Yeah, can go just, through. just everybody watch Indiana now. Like, like league pass just got better guys like it really did like like indiana home of like you know uh indycar and the indy 500 but like that team they they move quick right no they're gonna be quick and they're gonna they're gonna be fun especially with what pascal can do yeah yeah um it's, it's one of the reasons why like early on like we had them pegged as like a must like i once Woj sent out that um that note from <laughs> seemed like the Pacers um GM straight to his phone saying like look we're looking for a wing um we're looking for some wings to add to this team during the in season tournament like Pascal was the guy that I was like it was Pascal and OG but Pascal mm. is a true guy that I think um fit that 
fit what they were looking for best. And then I'm glad that they made the, the you know, because often you, you don't see teams actually make the real push to, to go for it. But you kept hearing paces, you kept hearing paces, you kept hearing paces until everyone dropped out because um, paces were obviously going <laughs> to keep pushing until they, they got what they wanted there, which is, it's good to well, see. Well, Pascal was group. like, I'll resign there versus. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm not re-signing in Sacramento. Like, get out of here. Welcome to our newest sponsor at Playbook Sports, and that is Parlay Play. Parlay Play is a fast-growing daily fantasy sports platform with a specific focus on player prop parlays. When signing up, you immediately receive $5 free on Playbook. They offer weekly free-to-play contests where you can compete and track your picks against other users. Paid contests where users can deposit their own money and enter contests to win up to 75 times their money per entry, as well as to play your normal daily fantasy sports. Each first-time depositor is given a first-time deposit match of up to $100 when you use code PLAYBOOK. That is code PLAYBOOK. I feel like I feel like a Sacramento, though. I feel like they're either going to get like, um, they're either going to pay for like a Kyle Kuzma or get somebody like, I feel like you can get Zach Levine for like real cheap right now. And when you're, when you're a team that's unfortunately, I feel like sacks like a little bit stagnant this year. Like they were really exciting last year and they're good this year. They'll make the playoffs, but like they're not really getting better. And like, they don't have a ton of like marquee assets to go out and get like a really awesome player. But like, Mm -hmm. I think you could get Zach Levine for like really cheap right now. And I don't a hundred percent know why I think it's just cause he's expensive and has been hurt in the past and is hey, kind of right given up on Chicago completely. But like, I think you can get him cheap. Yeah, I think you can too. I wonder if that's the type of player that they want. Cause you know, Malik Monk has been playing well with them. Yeah. Um, so far in that guard position, I mean, Kevin Hurd has kind of fallen off a cliff, but like, yeah, I think they, they could use some like guard help next to Fox. Like Malik Monk is, I think he was up there for six men of the year award odds. So he's probably, you probably want to keep him <laughs> off the bench to, 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 to move up. Um, but Zach Levine is an interesting fit there. I think they can get someone like, uh, the thing with Sacramento to me is I've always questioned Sabonis as he's a great regular season player. You know, you can get, you can run your offense through him and you could him and Fox do work well together. My, my question with him has always been on the defensive end. Um, Cause he is a big and he doesn't provide much resistance on that end. And you can kind of, so like, if you're going to keep Sabonis, which is fine, you can keep guys like that. He it's just kind of a, to find the right front court partner for him. Um, okay. Yeah. Be, this is good. Yeah. That'll be the unique challenge. And is it like, do you need somebody who's like a pure defensive player? Like you can go get Jonathan Isaac. Like he's gettable. Um, Right, right, right. And he's like, he's a defensive power forward, but is he going to do the right things around you? And the the, the Sabonis. Sabonis. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. But the the trick, the trick with the Sabonis thing too is Sabonis not a great shooter. So he's going to be living in that in that paint. So he's not really, he's not spacing it out too much. Yeah. So you want like a stretch. You want a stretch stretch who can collapse and help Sabonis when needed. Which is an extremely rare player. Like (laughs) it's not like, it's not that easy to find, which I think is why there are kind of mumblings about him, about them wanting Pascal, obviously, but I think also, um, OG, which who has looked like apparently he's the best player in the NBA since he's been a Nick. <laughs> Might be more on him a little bit later, but um, 
Some yeah, I think it's something, something brighter like that. under brighter lights. I don't know. I was looking for <laughs> like something there. He's awesome. That He's would. an awesome Nick. It makes so much sense. It's been great. Go OG. I'm glad the league recognizes you now. We'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor here at the Playbook Sports Network, and that is Betalytics. Betalytics is a predictive sports betting software for player and game props. Whether you're new to betting or a seasoned vet, Betalytics will help you win more single bets and parlays and take back the advantage from the sports books. Visit betalytics.com, that's B E T A L Y T I C S.com to sign up. And when you do, use code PLAYBOOK for 25% off. So let's go move on to the, those those midseason um, award ballots. Um, I think we could start with MVP. Um, so we're halfway through the season. Who do you see as your MVP um, of the of the year so far? And MVP is a tricky one, right? And I think it's getting harder and harder every year because we have so much elite talent at the top of the NBA. It used to be a thing where it was like clearly like one person is just far and away the best player. Now it's mm-hmm. like you got to make your argument amongst like four or five. And, you know, it's awful. But like when you've won one, when you've won two, your argument is a little less, uh, a little less uh, fun and exciting. Yeah, it gets tougher and tougher. Yeah. So like I'm here to make the argument for Luka Doncic. I think his numbers speak for themselves. I think Dallas is a poorly assembled team. I'm sorry. I, but like they're winning so many games. <laughs> right? And I think a lot of it's Luca. Uh, the kid's been unbelievable for many years. He's like nearly averaging a triple double. Um, yeah. Uh, he's like, he's, he's, he's making Derek lively a first team, all rookie player right like in a year with like two potentially like hall of fame players yeah (laughs) yeah even yeah (laughs) i stopped all-star like those two guys can be all they could be hall of famers right um and luca is like just working perfectly with this kid and he's working perfectly with Kyrie and all the good and all the other things that Kyrie brings right and he's just he's doing it all and he just he puts up the numbers and he's so amazing. And he's like, he's, he's TikTok and Instagram. Like he's, he's just clippable and he's fun and he smiles and he's a good time. <laughs> and I think he's, I think he should have been in the conversation more the last couple of years. And I think this is the year that like, when we get close to it, the, the people with a little bit more pull, they start making the arguments and they find that like the Luka Doncic story is the fun is, story this year. It's a fun story. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair for, I didn't really have du- a Luka in that realm, but like he hundred percent should be like, he, he, he is like an incredible talent. We just kind of like, his numbers are there and they've been there for years, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like right take, there. We take it for granted kind of like what he's been doing on a nightly basis. And like when Kyrie's been in and out of the lineup this year, like he hasn't been fully healthy and they're still like a top six team in the West yeah. probably could be higher, you know? And, um, yeah, I think a lot of credit to that is Luca. Um, and, you know, the thing with I say like they're doing well without Kyrie, with Kyrie they're doing well too. And the question was always when they get a second ball handler like Kyrie, could he mesh well um, with him? 
with a guy like that. And it's looked like, yeah, like he can, he can figure it out. He can figure it out. Uh, and Kyrie, credit to Kyrie as well. It's become like over the years, like he's gotten to play with like LeBron. He's gotten to play with KD. He's gotten to play with James Harden. He kind of has figured it out how to find his way uh, next to a superstar as well. So Absolutely. I think that pairing, yeah. that pairing has been a little, has been better to me than I kind of maybe gave, gave it credit to to start the season. Now I'm going to go in a different way um, with MVP. Might be a bit sacrilege as we record this and beat score 70 points. I'm not going with Embiid. <laughs> Embiid. I'll say this. My, and, my and vote. Embiid might not get enough games played to even that's, be that's considered. A, that's, that's exactly where I'm going with it. I'm not anticipating Embiid to finish with enough games to get the award. So I'm kind of taking him off the ballot. The other guy for me would be um, Nikola Jokic. But again, what, like, as you say, with the. To, to, he won twice in a row. Um, the story just kind of isn't as, as sexy there for him anymore. He's he, You know what he is. He's probably the best player in the NBA, top yeah. three at the very least. Look um, at Giannis's numbers, and nobody's talked about him in like three yeah, years. He wins and, the yeah, championship, no, and everybody's like, he's done it. He's, he's done over. All he's to do. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to talk about him anymore. Um, so my my pick will go for Shea because um, oh <laughs> that that's who I'm sticking with with him going for MVP going into the season I did not have OK, I had OKC as a playoff team I didn't have them as a top three team in the mm. like that was not where I had them at all I didn't think that they'll reach these heights um, this quickly and a lot of that credit to Chet Chet coming in and being an impactful rookie um, as as um, as he's been but. Um, I think a lot of that is to do with what Shea's been able to do on both ends of the game, both ends of the court. He's averaging close, I think, to close to two steals, over two steals, close to one block again, which is he, absurd. He can, plus thirty yeah. points. He can just do whatever he wants on the court, and he seems to play like in between everybody, like at a speed in between everybody, and in everybody's yeah. like lanes constantly. And it's like, why is he, he there? you know like he's untouchable he plays at such a pace that you kind of forget like how fast he is like he just bursts out of he he bursts he has like such great bursts getting to the rim he gets low he's hard to defend in that way getting to rim he's always at the rim always like putting pressure on the defense and if you do somehow stop getting stop him from getting to the rim his mid-range is like it feels like it's always going in is going in almost all the time so he's for me that's yeah he's, he's very like shifty you know, like yeah. I was watching him uh, the other day and it was just it was a simple moment of like he's on the outside of the three point line and it looks like he's about to like pull up for the three. And he, he almost starts to like get into the motion of the gather and everything. But it was all just a decoy to like <laughs> put the ball on the ground and get to the rim. And he got to the rim. No problem. He did everything he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it w- like He's he just he can break motion to do something else seemingly at will. Yeah, it's like when you have like when you could like just break um like commands in like a video game, like you're yeah. playing a fighting video game, you could just like <laughs> you start in one move and you stop it to do the next one. Like Shay does that like kinda effortlessly. It's it's it's, it's pretty incredible to watch. Wild. Like his only yeah. his his only real flaw is that he, he doesn't shoot the three ball at like a crazy uh, as a, at a crazy um, clip, but when you're doing all the other things he's doing, it doesn't really matter. Like he still hits timely threes. Like um, he hits the threes when it matters. He can get it off if he needs to. He's just not shooting them at volume, which to me isn't 
too big of an issue at all. Like to me, he's been the best player. If not the best player this year, then a top two player this year. And how he's elevated that OKC team in the last two years um, warrants him of that MVP um, award so far. We'll see. You know, I thought it would be fun to like maybe like trash your pick, but it's it's Shay. <laughs> you can't go against the kids. He's unbelievable. How can you? He's just, he's so fun. Like, he's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I can't say a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. But it would be if Embiid, if I was more certain that Embiid, could play the 65 required games. Um, I think he only has to miss like four games at this point. I, yeah. I think he's missing four games um, for the rest of this season. Like I don't, I don't see him playing out the rest. Something silly will happen to him. Like he'll be like, I'm going to make it to the end. And then somebody will like elbow him in the eye. Yeah. And yeah. It'll be like, like something weird like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it always happens to him at, at some point of the year. Um, so moving on to most improved, who do you, who do you have there? I think most improves is like a tricky one, right? Because, you know, you could probably like do it statistically and find somebody who's gone from like two points to 15 points and be like, oh, clearly this, this guy right here is the most improved. But, you know, I keep saying it with awards. I think, I think a lot of it for, for good or ill is like narrative driven. Of course. And, um, so I really like Tyrese Maxey for it. I think Maxey's step from like fringe all-star to fringe superstar. And like, that's a very elite group. Like, like we talk about superstars a lot because that's what, that's what like people like to hear about. And it's really fun and they're very unique players, but there's actually a very small amount of them. So to be a fringe superstar is kind of incredible. And to make the jump from like, you know, all-star talk to that level. That's like, that's the really fun improvement you want to see as a fan. So I'm going with Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good pick. And I think it's a safe pick. Like what he's done since he said to taking on a burden of, 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 um, like more of a ball hand in the road since Harden and left out, I think has been, you expected some sort of drop off and there hasn't been, they've gone better yeah. <laughs> with, with him there. So, which is incredible, incredible to watch. Like he's a 21st overall pick. Like he wasn't like a lot of teams passed over him. We we're talking about him and Bain earlier before we started recording this. Like just imagine some of these teams that could have had him that pass on them. I think a lot of them, a lot of them are kicking themselves for not taking Maxi and seeing what he can. Cause I think the question was his shot, his three point shot coming into the draft. And that's been like a super weapon for him. Like that hasn't been an issue yeah. like he, <laughs> whatsoever. He sort, didn't he sort it out like year one? Yeah, right away. Like, right away. He became an efficient three point shooter. Like, yeah. It was like, it's like that wasn't even an issue. It's and everything crazy. that he's, he's been able to add on top of that, I think being behind Harden for a little bit mm. helped him develop some of like that point guard stuff. Um, you know, being patient, you know, have having those those reps at that at that stage in his career. I think I think now we're seeing the benefit of that, which is why, you know, sometimes with our young players, we gotta be okay with them taking a step back and not always being in the front of everything because there are ways for you to learn. There's always ways for you to grow. And sometimes you'll get that opportunity a little bit later um, with that. Um, so for me, there's a couple guys. Like I really did like Sengun um, as a pick there, mm. as most improved, because Houston in general, I think they need some love for like how they, they turned around their, their organization and over the last year. But for me, mine's less narrative driven, 
more so of of the this guy's just raw stats have just improved and jumped off the stage for me. But mine would be Kobe White. Um, oh yeah. With um, I think this year he's doubled his points. Like he was averaging nine. He's up to eighteen this year. He's had to be the starting point guard um, for the Bulls for majority of the year since Zach Levine has been out. Um, and he's done a great job of it. I mean, Chicago's not winning too many games, but they weren't expected to win too many games anyway. Um, I think what he's been able to step in and do has been pretty Im- pretty impressive. Um, I think before I saw him more as like a six man type player coming off the bench um, and giving your offense some juice. But this year he's kind of proven that he should be viewed more so in the starter's role. And I think he's put a lot of work into to to manifest that. And I think it's good. And I think we're seeing a, seeing the payoff of it right now as well. And again, like some of these young guards, they take a while to get their efficiency up. They take a while to figure out, to slow down, and figure out the NBA game. And I think Kobe is another. Representative, representative of that as well. Like he, he has, he has truly become one of the most improved players in the NBA this year. Now, whether he gets award or not, come the end of the year, we'll we'll see. So, I loved Kobe White coming out of the draft. I do um, remember that. Yeah, yeah I, I like him a lot in two K. <laughs> I was a big fan. I was a big fan. And uh, I know it's cheesy to say, but like I, I see him as like the N- NBA's um, Samson, the legend of Samson, the the like, I think they were like Greek or Roman fighter who all of his power came from his hair. Right. <laughs> and when he cut his hair, he lost all of his power. So like Kobe White was like, he showed some really awesome stuff as like uh, as a rookie. And then, like, he cut his hair, and for whatever reason, he went through, like, a bit of a rocky time, you know. Uh, partly because, like, the Bulls were, like, bringing new guys, trying to look for identity. Yeah, they brought in Lonzo Ball. Like, they yeah. brought in someone to play point guard. <laughs> Kobe kind of got shuffled away. Yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, so his hair is back, and his game is back, <laughs> and... Uh, He's Samson, and I, I honestly just wish I had his hair. He's so awesome. He's such a cool player. He's such a cool-looking player. Um, and, yeah, like, if I'm Chicago, like, maybe he's not a number one, but, like, he's really fun, and he's certainly a great, a great young player to maybe, like, try and build something around. It's, it's time for Chicago to try something new. Yeah, yeah. The, and Kobe White is the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you could right. you can build something around having Kobe. Like like you say, he's not gonna be your best player. You're not probably not your second yeah. best player, but he is a player on the starting. He could start on a on a good just team just sure. like like make trades for guys with like awesome hair, and then just get like that <laughs> Head and it. Shoulders sponsorship, <laughs> and, and then, like. <laughs> Win or lose, bulls are profitable, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll bring up I'll bring up another most improved candidate to you because mm. you brought up one Tyrese. So what about how, making this the transition from all star to to superstar, borderline superstar? What about uh, Halliburton? Would uh would that kind of between the two, who would you um would you still go Maxi over him as most improved, or would you say I guess Halliburton's kind of ascension kind of started maybe last year? So that would be my only good. point is mm-hmm. that yeah, Halliburton started to break out last year, whereas Maxi probably because of Harden was like hidden from us a little bit, yeah. and so he truly feels like a this year product, whereas Halliburton seems to have been rising for a little while now. Um, but dang, he's so good too. 
The NBA, yeah. we are so lucky to be NBA fans <laughs> right now. Like the nineties, there were like three guys who were good any year. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, thank God. Michael's still playing. <laughs> He's saving our league. right? Now. <laughs> so coach of the year. Um, who do you got? Who do you got? Yeah, if if I was to put money on it, it would be Dagno. It just makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, uh, OKC is kind of above projections from the beginning of the year. Um, you know, they seem to be two years ahead of schedule. All kinds of things that would normally win you coach of the year. They're going to have a great record. Yeah. Um, Chris Finch would be one. But I feel like because of the talent on the team, he's expected to have a good record. Um, yeah, one more set in stone. I, I keep beating and like, and like, I keep beating the drum. Like, I think Nick Nurse has done a great job in Philadelphia. Cause like, to me, Philadelphia is an underdeveloped team. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's Embiid and it's, it's Maxi. But then what is it? Right. To be like, honest, it, it is it is like that. Like they don't in years they're playing past, awesome. Think, yeah, they're like just demolishing they demolish teams. Like um in years past, Philly felt more top heavy. Like they felt like they had more talent at the top there yeah. than this year. This year they feel like they have less talent at the top, but they're playing much better. And I think that is, as you say, a credit to Nick Nurse and his system. He's able to to bring stuff out of guys that just other coaches aren't. He brings in a new perspective, he shows them a new way. Like the one, the one thing for me that I really noticed with Nick Nurse is with specifically in beats play is the assists. Like I know it's kind of just a raw number, but still, like his assists. The book on Embiid is you double him, and he he generally doesn't make good decisions when he has to pass yeah. the ball too many times. Like when you bring the double, um, he he tends to struggle a little bit more, and that's what you kind of see in the playoffs. Sometimes you crowd him, and he starts to throw the ball out of bounds. He doesn't make accurate passes, but this year. His assist numbers have skyrocketed, and I think that's a we have to credit some of that to Embiid. Of, of course, he's taken the criticism; yes. he's wanted to improve his game and all that type of stuff. But I think Nick Nurse has also put him in positions where he's been able to kind of um, make these reads in an easy in an easier way than he had to than he did when he was with like Doc Rivers, for example. And also, without having Harden, he's been relied upon to kind of be that playmaker that he hasn't had to be. Hmm. Um, in the past, even before that, you had Jimmy there. You had you had uh, JJ Redick there, not a point guard, but he's creating plays with his movement off ball and stuff like yeah. that. So it was a bit more set in stone. Um, so I think that's f- more than fair because honestly, this year for Coach of the Year, it feels super open. Um, yeah, there's no really runaway haircut. Yeah. yeah, haircut guy. So I'm I'm probably gonna go with um, Mark Dagnall myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like that's just kind of like the way the arguments there. I, yeah yeah like it's just hard to to go against it i did really strongly look at ime though like i i do like want to credit i know he's had some stuff some controversial stuff going on in the past so like maybe we need to take a, a little bit of time for him to kind of rebuild that houston did fall off the last couple of weeks since they did have that hot start they're not in the playoff picture right now but they could easily change that again with another little run mm-hmm. um but how ime just kind of change the culture of that team with the additions that they made in the offseason, I think deserves some type of credit there. But at the end, I have to kind of go with with Mark Dagnall. I made the case for Spolstra last year, but or last week. Um, but I think for that to happen, Miami would have to finish in the top three position for it even to be 
anywhere near consideration. Yeah, and, um, and, and, and Spolster's just one of those guys because he's good and because there hasn't been changes in Miami for years. It's going to be narrative driven. So something amazing has to happen for exactly. him to get to get talked about. Yeah, there's a shame yeah, to get that recognition. Yeah, which yeah. is no, it's a shame. But at the same time, like it, it, it it's not like he could be, <laughs> he could be, he could be recognized as a top fifteen coach, all top twenty coach of all time. That's completely fine without winning coach of the year. Like it, it sometimes your your career just pans out that way. That's just the way things go, mm-hmm. and like. And for him to truly, like I said, for him to truly get this award, he he needs that narrative, and he needs that by I think in a year like this would be to put together some impressive win streak at some point in this year, and we're running out of time for that. Or you finish in the top three, which is you're also kind of you're five games, yeah, you're about five games behind that right now. So that's kind of mm. out of reach right now. As we look at it as it stands, because it doesn't look like Philly's slowing up any minute. Um, <laughs> so that would be kind of difficult to make. Yeah. Um, and our next award is, um, we're not, we'll skip over six men of the year. We could do that. We could do that another Malik time. Monk. You said it earlier today, right? Yeah, Malik Monk would be mine, but it's like, it's just not like, I feel like in years past, like six men of the year had like some more debate to it. I just don't feel like there's that right now so i think like closer to the end of the year we can get into six men in the year and we can look over some of the um the options there but uh all the good next, players who would be six men that are starting this year <laughs> like it's yeah, weird <laughs> they won their job <laughs> like yeah they won, they, won, they won the job um so next one we could look at is defensive player of the year welcome to our newest sponsor at playbook sports and that is parlay play parlay play is a fast-growing daily fantasy sports platform with a specific focus on player prop parlays When signing up, you immediately receive $5 free on Playbook. They offer weekly free-to-play contests where you can compete and track your picks against other users, paid contests where users can deposit their own money and enter contests to win up to 75 times their money per entry, as well as play your normal daily fantasy sports. Each first-time depositor is given a first-time deposit match of up to $100 when you use code PLAYBOOK. That is code PLAYBOOK. This one's interesting, right? Um, defense is a tough one because it's a hard, it's it's hard like metrics to measure, right? Um, it's not like you can just look at the stats and be like, oh, you know, this is the highest scoring player. Um, there's there's a little bit more to it, a little bit more eye test, a little bit more um, nuance, a little bit more listening to people who probably know more than what we're talking about, um, and like. I like I like the fact that we'll probably be talking about the Thompson twins in a couple of years. I like the fact that, you know, um, part of Scotty Barnes's uh, star turn is defense driven and that he's a truly a five position defensive player. Um, but like, if it comes to defensive player of the year this year, it's yeah. I mean, like it's who's even making like a ton of noise. It's probably OG Ananobi, honestly. Like, yeah. He's yeah. When I look going to get the buzz from now till the end and win it. Yeah. When I was looking New York, at the, baby. Uh, <laughs> that New York bump is crazy. Yeah. Um, when I was looking at the odds, I think Rudy Gobert is like the head and shoulders favor right now. And then like Chet was second. And then somehow I just, I just don't OG see was third. 
I don't see anyone in the NBA giving defensive player of the year to a rookie, right? Like, no, no, no. It just seems like one of those awards that like, you know, like this was Bill Russell's award, right? Like rookies don't win that. You got to earn it, you know? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. For, for me, for me, um, my pick is going to go to Bam. Um, to me, he's the best defender still in the NBA. When he's on the court, uh, Miami has a 111.6 defensive rating, which would be in the 84th percentile. Um, Rudy's, by the way, is like 106. It's absurd as well yeah. um, when he's on the court. Um, but they also just have better defenders around Rudy in general. So like their defense is just going to be better. Um, when Bam's off of the court, they're 118.8. So it's a they're seven they're seven points better with Bam on the court as a defense. When isolation, because to me the whole thing about defensive player like it has to, we've rewarded like bigs who have been like more of like the, your traditional like rim protecting, paint protecting bigs who kind of like they get the def- they get the blocking stats, they get the paint protection stats, and they also uh, have good rebounding numbers. Mm-hmm. Bam's increased the rebounding numbers, so he's, that's not as much of an issue anymore. Um, but the the paint protection stuff with Bam is more about deterring you from getting to the rim as opposed to blocking you when you get to the rim. He kind of stops you before then you kick it out. That's his form of, of pain protection. Um, so with looking at Bam, it's kind of like the versatility that he brings on the defensive end, similar to OG, actually. So in isolation, um, he's only allowing 0.5 points per, per possession. Rudy's at like 0.8. OG and Anthony Davis are at like 0.73. Um, and to show some of the versatility there, like um, as a role, like he's, when he's guarding pick and roll, but when he's guarding specifically the roller, um, he's only allowing 0.4. Point four, uh, eight points per possession when Rudy's allowing one point four three. So he's uh, Rudy's actually allowing a lot more points than I thought he would um, in pick and rolls. And Chet, Chet is at like point nine one, um, which is good. Like you're under a point per possession, but it's still not at that same level. Like to be fair to Rudy, he's being put in more pick and rolls than than any of these guys. Um, so it's going to look a little worse um, in that respect, just because of the volume. But why they're attacking him more is also should be kind of a question as to why the players feel more more inclined to attack Rudy in pick and roll situations as opposed to a, a Bam or a Chet or an AD, for example. Um, and I think in years past, like Jaron Jackson got the award when it was might have should have went Bam's way. Marcus Smart kind of got the award when it that year it was kind of looking like it was going to be um, Robert Williams and then Robert Williams got injured, but they wanted to reward Boston for their great team defense. And Marcus Smart was the next best team defender on that roster. So they, they rewarded Marcus Smart with that as well. Um, so I think it's kind of like overdue. I think Bam's one of the best defenders I've seen in a long time in the KG kind of mold. And he just hasn't been rewarded in that way on the defensive end. Um, so that's kind of where I would go there on, on defensive player of the year. Um, this year. And again, because I feel like this year, for a lot of these awards, it's a lot more open than it has been in the past, which leaves for room of a little more subjectivity um, and, and where you want to go. So I was going to accuse you of being a homer, but like you raise a good point. He's also <laughs> like, to me, to me, you have to give, you have to give extra points to defenders where like the team builds the defense around you. And to me, Bam's one of those players where like Miami has designed their defense 
around what Bam gives them, right? Around the fact yeah, it's- that he can he can step out to the perimeter, he can collapse back. He's probably amongst the best in the league of doing that in a like a fluid like motion kind of thing. Like yeah. like he does that throughout a possession pretty seamlessly. Like he's just seemingly everywhere. Yeah, um, he'll guard the point guard, he'll guard the the big man in the same play. Like he'll do yeah. both. And and, and and like you've got you've got like Duncan Robinson on on you know, the perimeter bless his heart. Like he's trying his best and he's better than like he's been in the past, but like his job is to like guide you to bam. Right. And, and so when you, when you build your defense around a guy, like you, you got to get extra points. Like, yeah, I said OG Ananobi, and he's great because you can put him on anybody, and he's a stopper. And his numbers since arriving in New York are ludicrous. They're absurd. They're absurd. Um, like, like <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. But it's the same thing with like a Herb Jones, for example. Like, they're great guys to like put on another dude. But they haven't built the defense around this guy. They haven't built their entire identity, right? Like part of the reason you can talk about Eric Spolstra as a coach of the year is the fact that Bam is his center and his defensive scheme, right? Like, yeah, like is. with you couldn't put Vucevic in that scheme and have success. No, you know, yeah, no, no. it would it would be hard to put even like. You know, uh, an Okongu, you know, a good young center who is yeah. like mobile in that scheme yeah. and still have success, right? Bam's bringing you that extra bit. So when you bring awesome. him up yeah. for defensive player of the year, this comes down to Miami fans and Miami's like press. And like, you know, a lot of the reason like the Lakers get a lot more love than maybe they mm-hmm. deserve is that they can craft they can craft a narrative. Like guys, like get out there, talk about him. Be like, this guy's unbelievable. Look at these clips. Like nobody can score on Bam. Yada yeah. yada yada. Like this is this is part and parcel of the fan base and the media that work around the team. Like, yeah, you guys got to get him this award because he's yeah. doing the work. He just needs to be recognized for it. And honestly, when when you bring up OG, I think. That would be my number two, in in, in all fairness. Like, and he's in New guy. York. He's going to get the recognition, and that's exactly. what you're up against right now. Exactly, but like the just in terms of like hit the way he plays defense, the versatility that he brings as well. Like he could step out, he could he could battle. Like he, there's a clip the other day when OG was um, guarding Sengun and just like ripped the ball away from him. Like <laughs> he's OG is that type of player too, where he he can kind of do both. And with Bam, you have you have someone who, okay, Trey Young's going crazy. We need you to guard Trey Young now. Like we need you to take that away from him. And you'll see possessions yeah. after possession of Trey Young being like trying to go at at Bam, being like, actually, it's probably better if I just you know pass it off, start, uh, start passing type of thing. Yeah. Which is kind of like it's crazy to have like a center be able to 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 do that uh, on a basketball court. And like you said, the scheme is built around them. Once they get into the playoffs, like this year, they haven't been playing as much switching defense, mm-hmm. partly due to roster the injuries that they they've had so Bam's had to again adjust the way that he's played he's played more drop he's done really well on that as well but when it comes down to it when playoffs start it becomes a more switch heavy defense and Bam is a big reason why you're able to do that because he can switch on to virtually anybody and you won't feel like you're being compromised um in that way um so that's my take there for defensive player of the year welcome to our newest sponsor at playbook sports and that is parlay play 
Parlay Play is a fast-growing daily fantasy sports platform with a specific focus on player prop parlays. When signing up, you immediately receive $5 free on Playbook. They offer weekly free-to-play contests where you can compete and track your picks against other users, paid contests where users can deposit their own money and enter contests to win up to 75 times their money per entry, as well as to play your normal daily fantasy sports. Each first-time depositor is given a first-time deposit match of up to $100 when you use code PLAYBOOK. That is code PLAYBOOK. And the last one before we get out of here is Rookie of the Year. So who do you, who do you have for that? This one keeps swinging back and forth, but it like does, it does. one week we're like, oh, it's got to be Chet. Then it's like, it's got to be Wemby. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a Wemby week. I've honestly it's like, I feel like it's been like a couple Wemby weeks. Um, they moved him to center, and he's he's just he's just he's doing some funny things, and he does it in like twenty <laughs> something minutes, and it's it's just becoming. It's becoming silly in a way. Like Chet's amazing. Chet keeps winning games. He is going to be a huge part of like a winning team, perhaps a team that goes to the conference finals, if not the finals finals, if mm-hmm. not wins it all. Um, <laughs> but it also feels like he needs a little bit of assistance in the front court. I mean, the same thing for Wemby, but there's no expectations. So he can no, like... Yeah. He can do all the silly things that he wants to do and like just get better and better and, you know, play against an Embiid. And yeah, you know, you took 70 points today, but I'm sure he (laughs) learned a lot. Like, yeah, like I was so impressed with him. He also gave out 33. So, (laughs) yeah, that's almost like half the, you know, half the scoring right there. Right. Um, Just took it right back. Um, Yeah. You know, Wemby Wemby's so interesting. And and I know this is supposed to be rookie of the year talk, but like his three year projection is so interesting as a defender. Um yeah, yeah. because like when he, I remember when he was playing against Milwaukee and and Giannis just it's the end of the game. Giannis is just power mode. He drops his shoulder, he does the Giannis mm, thing where he just shoves his entire body into you, right? And normally it just creates like three feet of space. He, you know, pulls back a little bit, floats up a little layup, and, you know, he's got two points. It works every time. And he does it to Wemby. And, like, you know, he's so tall that he just, like, bent in the middle and his, like, (laughs) hands still were high enough that he was in the way of the shot. And Giannis couldn't get his shot off. And he he didn't score his bucket. And he like, he looked more confused. He was like mad, but he was like confused. He was like, how did that this happen? Works. Yeah, like this is my move, right? Like yeah. I hit this perfectly. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, like Wemby's so interesting over three years, but he's already showing it in his rookie year. Um, mm-hmm. The numbers are ludicrous. He's he's blockbuster, as they like to say, he's showtime. Um I love chat, but like me too. I, I, I wanted to be like, is Wemby this good? Because there was so much buzz, but so much. The kids living it's up, kinda, man. 
He's living it's up. It's kind of like died down too, the the buzz in a weird yeah. way, but he's still like being incredible. It's, it's really weird with Wembenyama. Um, my my vote too would go for Wembenyama in his in his last um, which is you know like we said, it was going back and forth. Like for me, like it's like every I other still think it. he should be an all star starter. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous, <laughs> but like I do, yeah. you know. I think I think what it comes down to too is like what your philosophy is of the rookie of the year. Like, do you think wins matter and that type of thing? I think that's where like. Mm. Chat might sneak sneak some votes and maybe he he might get a way to, to win that award too because he has had to sacrifice a bit more um, for the for the betterment of OKC because he's playing next to Shea he's playing on a team that's looking to do something in the playoffs this year so their roles are somewhat different when uh, when Benyama has the freedom to kind of do whatever he wants and grow and go through all those growing pains where Chet can to a certain extent but not to the extent that that Wembenyama does and no. just to just to like tied us up quickly like um in the last in his last 12 games i think that's around the time where like he started to play more and more center um he's been averaging 24 points eight and a half rebounds 3.2 assists 3.6 blocks uh and about half a steal uh per game he's at and he had a triple double in that span as well Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what he's been doing has just been, like, honestly, like, outrageous, even for just an NBA player, let alone a yeah. rookie. Like, just if an yeah. NBA player is having a stress like this, we'd be talking about him as in, as an all-star, as an all-star starter. Like, this is the type of things that 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 um, all-stars do, which is, again, wild to say for someone who's in his first year and still figuring out how to use his body, figuring out how to play in the NBA, and is barely touching in that same span, he's averaged 25 minutes per game. <laughs> like he's not even he hasn't cracked 30 minutes a game yet. So what happens when he starts to get like real starters minutes at like 34 minutes a game? Like, yeah. It's gonna be like silly, silly stuff we start seeing with um him in, in, in years to come. Um, which I can't I can't wait to see. Um anything else on the rookies before we head out of here? Um there's a lot of interesting ones out there. I'm sure. I'm sure everybody listening could like talk about the rookie on their team and be yeah. like, oh, "Our rookie's pretty interesting." Blah 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 blah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even even me as a Raptors fan, like our rookie Grady Dick has been like in the G League. It hasn't like come together yet, but like he keeps showing flashes. So we're interested. We're still interested. You know. <laughs> And uh, it could bring it to the heat. Like Hamehaka is like since uh, he's been injured, they've Mammy's stunk. So <laughs> like so important right away. Hamehaka is like how is that even a thing? But, like but sure, we'll, we'll go with it. Like <laughs> we're talking about teams who will regret, you know, not taking these guys. And Hame is one of those guys because he was a little bit older. Everyone's like, oh, how much upside is he gonna have? Is he is he really gonna do much beyond be a role player? And it's like, no, the kids uh kid's a bit of a star. Kid's good, kid's good yeah. man. Kid so I think the yeah, he's yeah, he can. That that he can. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll do it for this week of the NBA Hangout. Wanna thank everyone for hanging out with us. You can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Hangout. Um, follow me at BJAY93 underscore and Dave here every week. Um, anything else before we head out? I think we touched about pretty much everything. We, we didn't touch about face of the league, but that could be that could be another time. There's lots of time to talk about that. Well, until LeBron retires. No, then it's to speed it up. <laughs> we really got to speed it up. So thank y'all for, for hanging out with us. Have a great week. Peace. Thanks for